In a world where the internet is filled with trash-talking 12-year-olds, one website stands out as a safe haven of decent human behavior. Co-Optimus. Oh yeah! Co-Optimus, your prime source for co-op gaming. your buttons uh hello everyone welcome to the co-opt cast episode 130 my name is Locke vincent i will be your host this evening or whenever you're listening to this that's the beauty of fake radio so um, <laughs> but anyways welcome true, to huh? podcast land yeah welcome to podcast land where you can listen to this anytime but we are recording on monday september 8th 2014 i'm joined by three of my fellow co-optonauts First being on my left, Mike Katsprakis. He's donning, you can't see this on the radio show, but he's donning his sick Hawkins shirt, which uh, I, I also wear that shirt quite often. It's, it's a comfy very shirt. Soft. It's very soft. Um, and to his left, holding his hand, his Lord of the Rings card buddy, Jason Love. <laughs> Hello. And finally, last but not least, at the head of the table, over there is Nick Paleo. Howdy. Nick, survivor of Dead Rising crashes for the last, <laughs> last hour, just crash and burn, crash and burn. But we have a, a, a just a cacophony of games to talk about here and some cool news stories. And then we're going to cap the show off with a voicemail, maybe find some time to get hype about Destiny in between there. Um, but first, let's uh, let's go to Nick so we can get the boring stuff about Madden out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's pretty much all I've been playing. I haven't, I don't know, I've been in a bit of a gaming funk. I've, uh, so uh, I will say it, it does some cool things, Madden this year, mostly with uh, using its online functionality. So like uh, the the playbooks are all community run i guess is the best way to say it so like when you pick a play it tells you uh the chance of success based on other people that have picked that play in that situation and uh you know like what it'll pick plays for you based on like your yardage you've earned and stuff like that and so it's, it's a lot more in depth for stat stuff uh graphically it looks pretty good but it's it's a madden game I don't know. Not much to say about it. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that there is a big focus on, on defense and getting people excited to play defense. Yeah, I, it basically turns into a, uh, a quick time event kind of a thing. Oh, oh wonderful. <laughs> basically, it, 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 you know, what it is is it... Jump tells, the snap count or something? It, t- it tells you when to press the button to do the, minu- the moves, basically, is all right, it is. Okay. So... There's that, and there, there, there is kind of a, a little bit of a better indicator for tackling and stuff. There's kind of like a little radar around your guy, so you know what kind of tackle you're going to do and things like that. Um, I mean, it, it's really refined, for sure. It's, it's one of the better Maddens I've played in a while. Like I said, I think the play calling stuff is phenomenal, especially utilizing like basically like crowdsourced playbooks. It's the best way to that's describe it. So, it. so that's cool. Um but yeah, it, there's some really weird, crazy glitches in it. Uh, I've hit, had ones where uh, players like have been launched springboarded, like 20, yeah. yeah, like 20, 30 feet in the air. There's uh, I don't even see it on Twitter. There's the tiny Titan guy. There's, there's I like, like the tiny Titan. 
Yeah, he, he's really tiny. They they actually like promoted it into the game. So the, the latest like <laughs> little like update had a special loading screen. It was like this week and only see the last of the tiny titan kind of a thing. And awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, so I've been playing that, and I've been kind of just watching random stuff on Twitch. I don't know what kind like, of stuff. I, what kind so, of stuff you? Uh, actually, the wife and I got into watching uh, Five Night at Freddy's. Okay, know, give you, me you give, give me a lowdown on this because it is in it is slotted in for Halloween horror, but I don't know what it is. So, oh, it, okay, oh, man. <laughs> basically, you are a security guard at a Chuck E. Cheese's, and all the animatronic characters come to life at night and try and kill you. All right, that's perfect. Nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> big big tall glass of nope. <laughs> so the streams for it are just hilarious because you know it's people just freaking out and uh it's really basic gameplay like literally all you have is you have a set amount of power and you have security cameras to cycle through and doors to open and close to try and keep them away and you have to track these three characters that's Um, cool so so yeah the the one night we were just kind of looking for something to watch and we ended up watching it for like an hour going through some streams so check that out there's also this really weird i guess you can call it kind of co-op scuba diving game where you like you take pictures and stuff um weird it's bizarre but it's gorgeous and apparently it's it it was started as like an oculus um kind of a tech demo thing and now it's kind of spawned out into this full it's like minecraft meets scuba diving meets i don't know pokemon snap pokemon snap yes (laughs) i am ready for oculus pokemon snap yeah so i was watching some of that and then i there's a site that launched recently called twitch raids uh, where it basically just cycles through <laughs> random Twitch channels every five minutes. Um, and it's kind of cool to see, like, these people, because it, it specifically targets people with low viewer counts. So they'll have, like, normally, like, two or three people watching, and then suddenly they have, like, 100. There's, like, 5,000. And they like, yeah. they, like, flip out. And it's, like, it's cool to see them so excited. Some people don't know how to handle it, because they clearly <laughs> uh, only, like, uh, stream to uh. their friends. But other people are, like, they're really really funny about it so that's that's pretty much the extent of my stuff lately waiting for tomorrow for destiny of course um for madden did they add the uh the spartan drop kick move (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hopefully they patch that in and then are they taking the uh the left hook to your wife's face are they taking that oh man that's that's too soon too soon It's football. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, the world's view on fo- football from outside the U.S. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's uh, let's move over. Um, Mike, what do you got for me? Let's see. Uh, I'd say the big one for for me and and Jason as well because he actually spent a week in my house. Um, <laughs> it was like five nights at Freddy. Yes. <laughs> it was five nights at Mike's. Yeah. Uh, we got pretty into Lord of the Rings, the card game, which is a cooperative uh, card game from uh, Fantasy Flight. And uh, it's one of their living card games. So you have a set pool of cards that are expandable. And uh, you you build a deck and you, you, build a f- you, you and your partner come up with a fellowship and a deck uh for each of you and you you go and you try and complete quests and it is really really fucking good i mean tally tally got way into it and i think she still plays it a lot yeah uh, with her group of friends and uh i bought it based on her recommendations a long time ago 
and it just kind of sat there and since jason was over we decided to bust it out and and learn it and it is there's a bit of a hurdle it's got some complex rules and uh true to any uh system with a lot of uh deep and uh complex rules that doesn't explain all of them uh very well but uh, i think we got all the all the rules shaken out and we uh you know we we played it and uh really enjoyed it and i and I got uh, my wife into it. We uh, actually, I, I built some custom decks and we went up against the scenarios and found them a lot easier to take on than if you just use the starter decks that come with it. So you don't um, say. Having a ha- actually having a, a really good time with it and. Uh, yes. I, now how, I how much that. is the uh, how much is the base pack? Thirty or forty bucks, depending on where you get it. And yeah, I think it's like ex- thirty-two on Amazon. And then expansions are how much? Uh, between ten and twenty. It's not bad. Not yeah, it depends. Bad. They have like adventure packs that are between ten to fifteen bucks, and those are one scenario, like one set of quests. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a bunch of uh, like new heroes, new cards, and stuff. And then they have deluxe expansions that give you more heroes, more quests. And the way that they usually set it up is like the deluxe expansions start off a cycle of adventure packs. So with the core set, they have six adventure packs or something like that that came out that use some of the encounter deck cards that come in the core set, like when you're building the quest deck that you're going up against, and then also some of the new stuff. So then they have the deluxe expansions that are like 20 to 25 bucks that have usually like three new heroes in them and then a whole new set of cards to use with the next set of adventure packs. And And can you mix and match everything? Yep. That's yeah, nice. like all the hero Except- cards you can do. You could even make up your own custom scenarios, really, if you wanted to, which would probably royally screw you, but I mean, yeah. you could definitely do it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's generally, uh, you you know, like if you went to like a, a gaming day or played in a tournament or something, mm-hmm. you'd you'd build your deck to, uh, you know, complement your partner and, and the, uh, the scenario you're taking on. And there's actually a scoring system at the end, which I guess is how you would you would compete. You would cooperatively play with a partner, but you'd be competing against other people uh, to see who did the best against it. There's uh, also a way to kind of measure your decks and see if they're good. Because if you have like right. a high score, then that means probably you didn't do so well versus a low score, I think, or something. But now, it's it's super fun. Is it always two player? You can, uh, you can four. play four, four up to four. Okay, and then what uh, sort of top level? What's the fail state? In, in a game um, like there's this. a so there's there's a couple ways you can fail. Um, your heroes have hit points, and okay. you have you have allies that essentially act as the buffer between enemies attacking you and your heroes. Uh, if your heroes all die, you lose. Gotcha. But the the mechanic that I think is really cool and actually lends uh, a lot to the, the the tenseness of the game because it is quite difficult, um, especially when you're still learning it. Um, there's a, a threat mechanic, and there is a counter that you have, and a threat cost to play your heroes at the beginning of the game. And uh, should your threat ever reach 50, you lose. Uh, whenever the player hits it. So if, if I hit 50 and Jason's at 45, I lose, but he still plays. So right. it's it's possible to... Uh, to keep moving on without that, but it it 
So every turn it ticks up one, and especially if you only have the base set, it's really not too possible. Unless you want to really cripple yourself, most of the decks you can make are going to start you off around thirty uh, threat. So you have a, you have already a finite number of turns to uh, to complete it, and if you get bogged down or you find yourself at a disadvantage, it can go up more than one a turn. Uh, one time I had a run of bad luck and I saw the the threat dial get clicked up eight times. Oh jeez! On a single turn, uh, that that's kind of rare unless you're playing a really hard scenario. But it's good. I, and I anybody who likes co-op stuff and uh, plays board games should check it out. Uh, you can certainly play with only the core set and have uh, a really good time. So, and you can definitely—I mean—the instructions and other stuff say that you can play with two players just using the core set, and you have to buy a second core set to make it four. You don't. I've—I've I've tested this now, and and you can play at least the first two scenarios. I haven't tried the third one that comes in the core set, but at least the first two with four people using like just the standard pre-made decks that they have in there without any problems and in fact in some ways it's a lot easier with four people than it is with two because oh, uh, right. you have equal access to every sphere yeah and i mean like there's you're... the the decks complement each other in a lot of different ways so like there's the four different spheres of influence like you have like an attack one a, um, a one that's mainly built for going on quests and that's a whole separate mechanic but because of that you know, you can have one quest that completely is, you know, helping you out with one side of things, while another side is like attacking enemies, and the decks kind of work each o- off each other. Um, I mean, and it, it goes by a lot faster. Uh, you're able to clear quests and everything with four people, so it's definitely one of those things. Don't listen to what the box says. If you have four friends that you want to play it with, you can pick it up just the core set and play with them. But yeah. I would also say, like, playing with four seems like it's good if you get a big group, but. Um, I, to me, it seems like unless you're playing a really hard scenario, like four players makes the game a little too easy because you you don't have to restrict what cards you have access to, right? In any way, because you can you can put you know a good mix into everybody's decks. Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's variable levels of difficulty too. The scenarios themselves are actually ranked for difficulty, so it's like if you feel like I have four people and this is going to be easier to go up against one of the harder difficulty ones you know and yeah. then, or scale back the number of players on an easier one and that makes it more difficult hmm. um I, i'm impressed that lord of the rings uh is is doing so well as a licensed product because um we got shadow of mordor coming out yeah. later this year um and you know what the lord of the rings games the video games aren't too bad i always go back and remind myself that Guardians of Middle Earth is a very good intro MOBA. So. Yeah, it, it's it, that's good. I my go to Lord of the Rings game for a long time was actually Return of the King on the PlayStation Two. Nice, it's a nice, nice, nice brawler. Um, um, what else are you playing, Mike? So I have also been playing a little bit of Azure Striker Gunvolt, which is a Mega Man X ish um, action game uh, by uh, <laughs> Inicreates, in- the guys who did Mega Man Nine and Ten. And the the uh, the Mega Man ZX Advent series and all that. Um, it doesn't. It plays quite differently. Like you actually have to like tag enemies with a, a special shot, and then you electrocute them to death. You don't mm-hmm. just you don't just like peg them down with uh, with rains of uh, energy shots. Uh, it's pretty neat. There's a crafting mechanic. 
because everything needs crafting now. Uh, and I've also been playing Professor Layton versus Ace Attorney, which hmm. is uh, two great tastes that taste great together. And the if you've never played either, Professor Layton is a game about solving puzzles, like brain teaser type puzzles, and uh, adorably uh, European art. And Ace Attorney is a game about being a, a defense attorney in... Uh, let's see, Japanifornia, I guess, would be the best way to put it. That's about right. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, but uh, it's, uh, you know, that in, in that you're, you're, you know, you're solving courtroom drama, and it's incredible. I love those games. They're basically visual novels, but they're they're fun, uh, adventure gamey type games. So they matched both of these up, uh, and uh, the end result's pretty good. I like it a lot, and it's surprisingly dark. Like, the, basically, the plot revolves around a place that believes in witches. And uh, so, when you're playing as Phoenix Wright, you're defending people from being executed summarily as a witch. So, like, of course. They'll be like, like, they're like, you're a witch, I'm going to toss you in this pit of fire. And then you you defend somebody, and then a, a witch shows up in the, in the case. And then they're like... I'm a witch, but I did it because I'm trying to be a good person. And then the judge is like, no. And they just drop her in a fire pit. Just right there, you know. So it's a little bit darker than either of those series usually gets. But I uh, I enjoy it. And awesome. uh, I have also been playing uh, the uh, Old Iron King DLC in Dark Souls 2. I'm what I assume is a l- maybe a little more than halfway through it. Uh, it is awesome. You can never beat it. You can never beat it. <laughs> yes. It consumes you. Um, yeah. Dark Souls 2 is a game that still exists. Much to Nick's chagrin. We, we, we don't, we don't want to waste another podcast talking about Dark Souls 2. No, I don't. I don't. Um, Jason, why don't you tell me about um, the same stuff I've like... been playing as Mike? Yeah, you guys had a play date, so you're obviously <laughs> playing the same thing. Um, I mean, Mike already talked about Professor Layton. The only thing I'll add to the Azure Striker Gunvolt is it's Mega Man X with um, farming and crafting. So if that <laughs> I said sounds there was crafting, if that sounds fun to you, which I didn't think it would, what, and then what I suddenly is got this on. Stuck. Sorry, is this uh, on 3DS? 3DS? Yeah, yeah. So it's like you. Depending on how well you do in a level, you get to turn over these tiles that give you materials that you can then use to create better equipment for yourself. Nice. So, and then there's also like challenges that you can do in each level to to give you some reward of it too. So it's kind of you know you can't just go through a level and farm it up from enemies. You have to actually put in and figure out the best way to clear a level in the most efficient amount of time. And still kill enemies because they give you the points that you then have to use. And between those two, it gives you a ranking. So it's, um, yeah, I've sucked a little bit of time into it. I'm kind of like, I keep going back and forth because it works well for that type of game. But it's also a game that you really don't want to have to go and do that kind of BS with. So, um, yeah, that's that game. And then other than that, uh, Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition on the console. been playing some more of that still. Still really enjoying it. Um, my le- my wizard hit level seventy just today, I think, or yesterday Grats. or something. Grats, nice. So 
racking up the Paragon and uh, hunting for legendaries. Yeah, and sending I, legendaries to friends. I think you've got a couple <laughs> of gifts waiting for you, Nick. I uh, that's going to be a big decision. I get my PS4 tomorrow, and the uh, I'm wondering if I want to double dip on Diablo. I. Anyways, I, my Crusader on on PC made it to seventy, and I was uh, I was very impressed. I'm the the Crusader is a really fun class to play and uh, super versatile, and it. Uh, one thing I wanted to check was. Um, I don't know if any of you guys know this. Have you were greater rifts in the game before the console version? Greater rifts launched on the PC a week and a half ago. Okay, so they're new. Okay, so I did. They are they are not in the console version and will not be for a while yet. Yeah, because I don't think I know they that Blizzard said that they were going to add all of the uh, the patch content to both next gen versions. And uh, I haven't, so that patch has been in the wild for about two weeks now, and I don't, I haven't seen any traction on whether it's making its way to console yet. So, hopefully soon, because I actually, I played a little bit of Diablo three on the PC, so I could start a season character because, yep, you know, New I seasons. want to do that. And Greater Rifts are amazing. Yeah, it like gives you a test. And see, yeah. it like measures your level. It basically at, does like, a test your might, and then says, yeah. "All right, you're gonna roll into this and start at this level of it." And it's it's crazy because it's a running timer, and yep. you no lo- to- no loot drops in a greater rift <laughs> until you kill the rift boss. It's crazy, and you yeah. might not kill him because you might run out of time because you're not yep. like I got put into like level I think 16 or 17 and managed to kill the the boss uh, in a pretty average amount of time and then it gave us just like legendary gems and just some insane stuff and then this lady came was like do you want to go to the next level of the greater rift like upgrade to like level 18 or do you want me to upgrade a gem and i was like please take my gem because that was very difficult (laughs) um why don't we we, after the podcast why don't we stream a greater rift we could do that yeah i'll hop Um, in on that other than that uh, any anything else? You got card game, Jason. You got Mega Man, Gunvolt, and Diablo. You're good. Yeah. What was it that you said okay. about it? it? Sounds total kaiju or something like that. Kawaii. Yeah, it totally Kawaii. is. The main, the main character ca- is a blonde, blue-eyed, white dude. So, but yeah. he has braided ponytail. Oh yes, yeah. dual braided ponytails actually. I've been, and, uh, and Nick is looking down on us <laughs> play, for playing 3DS games. It's like, what the fuck's wrong with you, children? I'm so excited. I finally beat Project X Zone, so I get to move on to Bravely Default. You mean so. Project X Zone, no? Project X Zone! That game is actually not very good. <laughs> no, it's not. I played probably about four hours of it and said, nope. You, you know how long the game is? Add another zero onto that number, so... Um, <laughs> oh man yeah uh i've been playing some zombie games the first being pinball fx2 the walking dead table very the good table, table looks, very that looks fun. sweet it's uh it all the missions are actually missions in a pinball game but they're modeled after a an episode of walking dead um which is cool the, the video game the telltale game and it's all fully voice acted by those actors and it's just elegantly done. Those tables, uh, Zen Pinball, just they get better and better every time. 
Uh, they had a big sale on, so I ended up picking up. I, I own every single table now for for Pinball FX2, and it's a great game. It's a, the best pinball out there because they do zany stuff, and they don't have to adhere to real physics, which is nice. And they don't have to adhere to like classic tables. Like they do whatever they want, which is neat. So the the ball can go up and go anti gravity and do crazy crazy stuff. Uh, the other game that uh, we attempted to stream before this, more of a test uh, of will or patience, if anything, <laughs> was uh, Dead Rising 3 Apocalyptic or Apocalypse Edition. Nick and I both picked this up. And uh, it is it is a very, very good-looking version of the game. Uh, however, it doesn't run so smoothly yet. The port uh, isn't quite there in terms of stability. A lot of people with uh, NVIDIA cards... Uh, a laptop integrated laptop graphics. Uh, Nick, I think you're on an NVIDIA card. Yeah. Um, are having crash issues, so and it's a pretty widespread problem. So I'm assuming a sort of week one patch will hit. Hopefully, hopefully by this weekend, so people can get some game in. But uh, I I've been actually really lucky. I the game runs perfectly for me. <laughs> so I'm I'm actually able. I've I've played quite a bit. I'm on like chapter I think three or four uh, on day four. Uh, again, Dead Rising, um, having the timer of, you know, on the seventh day, Jesus comes in and nukes everything. I think that's what happens. You know, I'd probably um, like the Dead Rising games if that were true. Yeah. Um, that the And again, uh, I didn't play the Xbox version. Nick, you said you played quite a bit of it. Yeah. Um, and I, so I, I'm going to this fresh and it's an amazingly well done Dead Rising game. Really fun, really smooth. Uh, the one thing I've had trouble in the past with was the timing of everything. There's, you can't do everything, and I I love and hate that concept in Dead Rising. But in this one, I'm actually finding I can just barely do everything, which is cool in terms of side missions. And um, they have a good amount of. There'll be a, a random event that'll happen. Usually, like go save this random survivor, and you'll get a big bonus to your your PP. And then, um, <laughs> laugh it, laugh it up. You I'm dorks. sorry, I, I just the dorks, um, <laughs> and of course the big, of course the big, the big hook in this one being the combination on the fly and with the vehicles. Uh, so you get the the big road hog with uh, a steamroller, and you get to drive that around, and that's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I'm loving the game. I, I can't get enough of it right now. And, and just combining the weapons is really fun. The pacing's really well done. Uh, and the game's beautiful. And it's just it's just a super slick game. So I'm looking forward to playing more of that. I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a uh, sort of a let's play up um, pretty shortly on the site here. And then sort of uh, random streams here and there. Just because that's my, my go-to game now. Since I actually rolled credits on my punching only no shirts no shoes no service dark souls 2 game so um that was something what, you're else. not gonna take it through the third dlc uh yeah i guess i will but i mean we kind of put a bow on that i got some 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 odds and ends to wrap up but uh i, I feel that the i don't really need to punch anything else to be honest <laughs> with you i'm, I'm kind of sick of punching stuff you want to um, cast spells now well, not even that. It's just you get a big, huge, giant sword or some cool spell, and you're just like throwing in your backpack. I guess you're not using that. Just getting the bout of fisticuffs going. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know uh, Dead Rising Three gives. I give it a thumbs up. 
Nick gives it a thumb sideways. Once they fix it, um, it'll be okay. Uh, it's a fun, fun ass game. So, um, let's move on into some some stuff around the site, some news stories and headlines and and things we wrote down that were interesting. Um, first being some Definity characters. Nick, why don't you tell me about these? <laughs> Definity, like that. So yeah, uh, you know when we sold Disney Infinity 2.0 at E3. Uh, one of the questions I asked the guy was, you know, what's up with the characters being locked to their play sets? That's kind of silly. Uh, and he said, oh, we're going to have these crossover characters, blah, blah, blah. And, Name all the uh, characters. No. And uh, <laughs> Who is Justin Ross? <laughs> <laughs> but he, he didn't really unveil or give any details about it. But now we have uh, at least one character we know that's going to be uh, available in multiple play sets. And uh, that's Iron Jay Man. Ross. Oh. Yeah, Iron Man will be in uh, the Avengers and then Spider-Man and the Guardians of the Galaxy playset, which is pretty cool. I didn't even realize that Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be uh, in Infinity 2.0, so that's pretty neat. I am Groot. Yeah, give a little Come and get action. your love. Are they going to make the uh, the little figure dance? That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be sweet yeah. if those things moved. Uh, um, but yeah, and then the other character they unveil was Black Widow, but... Uh, She's right now locked to the Avengers playset. But that is coming out pretty soon. I think it's in like two weeks, maybe. And uh, when does Skylanders track? Yeah, 23rd. So, yeah, two weeks. Trap trap Team, is that this fall as well? Yeah, I think that's the end of October, the beginning of October. Okay. Um, There's there's so much Skylanders stuff out there. I didn't realize this, but there's like, uh, there's toys that aren't toys for the game. They're just regular toys yeah, that you can we, play I, with. I, yeah. I had taken the kid to uh, basically like the dollar store around here the other day, and like they had like bins of these like little packs of. It wasn't the minis; it was something else. Because uh, the minis are another thing that's coming with the, the new game. So uh, some kid's gonna get it and try and put it on his portal, and he's gonna be real disappointed. Yeah, I, well, one, of, one of the one of the neighbor kids. He's he's like three is like completely obsessed with skylanders i mean he's got shirts he carries them around everywhere he goes he plays the game like not he's just he's hooked and uh the parents just look shell-shocked because of the money (laughs) they spent on all the figures it's bad my daughter just hooked herself on pokemon so could be worse yeah yeah it could be worse they could be playing call of duty so um (laughs) yeah Borderlands, the the prequel, Mike. What's happening? What business? Borderlands negative one. Yes. Stop me if you've heard this before, but there's going to be a thirty dollars season pass that comes with four DLC packs that would normally cost you ten dollars a piece. You don't say. I do say. Will and that's really? I mean, they haven't told us what any of the DLC packs are going to be. Haven't talked about really any. uh, I guess they they've they've talked a little bit about you know new characters and all, but it's man, it's Borderlands. You're gonna have shoot they, stuff. Have they guaranteed Joy Puke? I don't think so. What? Then what's the point of getting this? I I don't know. I think they would ask you to just buy it anyway and wait <laughs> for ba- Battleborn or Oof. whatever their new game is called. I don't remember. Mo- um, Mobo with top hat wearing robots. Of course. And Hobby grade multiplayer. 
Um, yeah, lots of... Uh, let's switch gears here. Jason, you got a chance to write some words from the heart. <laughs> we all got a chance to write some words from the heart. Yes, but yours was the most <laughs> But you're the only one who chose to do it. <laughs> yeah. Mine came straight from my butt, so... Um, <laughs> So you you talked about how to make co-op better. Can you go into uh, sort of a little bit, give us the Coles notes and sort of what went into your line of thinking with this this editorial? Um, the so what notes? The butt notes. Coles the... No, Coles notes. Oh. What's a uh, Coles have... note. Is that a Canadian like, thing? Maybe. It's like the, if you, it's like if you didn't read a book in high school. You mean you Cliff's needed... notes? Uh, we yeah, have, we have, we have... Ours are Cliff's notes. Interesting. Look at the <laughs> cultural differences. This is a yeah. multicultural podcast. And I learned podcast. something today. But you know what? Burger King is buying Tim Hortons, so screw you, Canada. That's right. That is a big now, F you to Canada. You guys are going to get just donuts dumped over the border. Just tons of donuts. Just... <laughs> going, okay. yeah, everyone, everyone will finally get Tim Bits, right? Yeah. Oh, Tim man. Bits, no Tim joke. Hortons Tim is bits, so man. much better than... Anyway. Every, everything? Said. Yes. <laughs> like... Dunkin' Donuts be damned. Um, so yeah, how to make co-op better? How do we make co-op better? Let me give me give me some info. Um, so this is just kind of from my standpoint, and this was something I, I asked all of you on the staff as well, just to get some of your input and see. But uh, this kind of came about more from thinking about the fact that as a site, we've been around for almost seven years, and we've all gone through a whole lot of co-op games. We've seen a ton of co-op games come out. I remember at one point in time when I was looking through it, I was just like, well, what's the kind of, how do things rank, right? So is it like, as stuff progressed, did the co-op scores get better or not? And so I did a little bit of research, and, and by by and large, um, it was interesting to see that I think overall the co-op scores tended to stay pretty much flat, like pretty much average around three or maybe a little bit of a dip versus when they first started. And that has a lot of different things. We've had different staff come in. I mean, there's different factors in that, but overall... Varying levels of money hats being levied our Exactly. Way. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I slept with at least six publishers. <laughs> <laughs> and I still gave them a one. I know, right? <laughs> that was just that night. Anyways, um... <laughs> so... Sorry, I had to be topical. Uh-oh. Um, so looking at it, it was kind of interesting to see, and, and and there's a lot of those that it goes to when you start going through it. There's a lot of different obvious game types, but a lot of them were for a while there like horde modes because Gears of War made that popular. Um, in the past couple of years, it's been a lot of different things because indies have come along. So I thought across the board, what have been some of the better things that the staff have enjoyed and that I've enjoyed when it comes to a good co-op game. And I kind of had to narrow this down to just three. And so the three that kind of came from it, and one of these, I Nate, uh, uh, Nick and I kind of debated back and forth, but it's encouraging co-op behavior. Um, and the two examples uh, for not encouraging and what does encourage is Payday 2 doesn't necessarily encourage versus like Left 4 Dead, which really does encourage. Um, and, there's been people commenting on this and it's been a great discussion too but you know basically payday 2 if you go in that with just ai or one buddy you're not gonna win like you're gonna have a very tough time and it doesn't encourage co-op behavior from that standpoint because it's just a frustrating experience whereas left for dead you can go in with 
AI, you'll have a tough time where you can't go in with at least one buddy and you can still make it through. And it kind of encourages you to work as a group more because it specifically spawns things to happen if you go wandering off. So it kind of subtly guides you towards stick to the group, work as a, as a team. Um, Payday 2, you can go right off and start just shooting up all the civilians that you want. The cops come and there's nothing really to, you know, you can still complete the mission even once the cops show up. It doesn't act as a real deterrent. So games that kind of encourage co-op behavior, that's always kind of a benefit. Um, the other big point was empowering player choice through diversified roles. Uh, and so that means just if you're going to offer character classes, have mm-hmm. them truly be unique in what they do. Don't have just a skin change. Um, uh, we're going to talk about Destiny later, but I'm interested just to kind of see how Destiny in the end handles it all because it's more of the gun loadout so far from what we've seen that influence uh, team synergy as opposed to the specific classes. But uh, there's a lot that we haven't seen with those abilities yet either. Like the subclasses and everything that yeah. wasn't in the beta. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. And then the last one was just um, have horde and swarm modes. If you're going to have those, have some sort of reward system in place. I mean, we talked about this last time. Last stand, perfect example. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, it, it whether you win or lose, and most of the time you're going to lose... Um, you get something from it. And it, it, it rewards you for playing the game and for working cooperatively because the better, obviously, that you progress in the levels, the more rewards you're going to get, the more experience you're going to get. And then you kind of build these great team, you know, uh, amongst it. Uh, another good uh, kind of example with that was Mass Effect 3. Yes. Which I know we're all big fans of and uh, good to hear that... Uh, Right, the next one coming out, they've also got similar plans. No, it was Dragon Age. It was Dragon it's, Age. It's Dragon Age game. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's another great way of doing it. So that was just three things. There's, you know, tons more. There's stuff about, you know, not doing co-opetition, or if you do co-opetition, kind of have it be optional. Um, there was a couple of other ideas I think I saw uh, from Mark where he was just talking about, you know, I kind of worked it a little bit there, but it was the idea of the overall co-op experience and how you make it feel like it's more than just, I heal this teammate. It actually has like a impact in the way that you play the game. So, yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was cool. Lots of different people's perspectives, especially when it comes to um, what type, even within the, you know, the co-op bubble, there are, sort of different genres like you said like horde mode super popular and um even the evolution of horde mode i really i really enjoy like gears gears is great and i think i'm we might i might have said this when we were talking about dawn of war but i I really like gears of war horde mode um very fun very just like great to sort of kick back and chill with buddies and and uh blow some stuff up but i i really like working you know getting something out of doing it over and over again mostly for selfish reasons because if i have played so much horde mode i don't want to i don't want to go and play with my friend who's only played it once because like i'm going to be bored he's going to be super excited and i don't want to like ruin it for him and and have a bad make you know have my shitty attitude give him a bad time but if you give me you know a loot drop or an experience bar that I can always work towards, you know, that carrot on the end of the stick. 
it doesn't matter if I've played for 50 hours or one hour, I'm still working towards a goal, um, which I think is, you know, and that's, that's a purely selfish reason for playing these types of co-op games. Um, I just think it's a good way to, to sort of bridge that gap of people who have been, you know, veterans and rookies basically. So, and and I would say just to add one last thing before we move on is that's actually what a good, uh, well-designed MMO does. Yes. Is they, yeah. that all of the like dungeon or small group content is designed to get players with you know asymmetric ability loadouts to be able to work together towards a goal, and there's usually some kind of reward for everybody who tags along now, and you know something to work towards. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, that's, so, I mean, that's it, why I played WoW for so goddamn long. Yeah, I mean, it's why there's right. a lot of these things that we come back to, Diablo 3 and others. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just something interesting I, I thought to kind of think about and put up there. And hopefully, as you know, assuming that we still have video games in the future and they don't no, get taken done. away from games us. Games are done. Games are over. Yeah. Shut her down. Shut it down. So, so are Flip gamers. Switch. Gamers. Yep. Gamers are, that's passe. Um, <laughs> but hopefully... Uh, you know, as as time goes on, and I think particularly with a lot of the indie games that we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of experimentation with co-op and more kind of fun stuff to do with it. So, I'm waiting for a good indie game that has lo- co-op indie game that has lon- the longevity of something like Diablo. I think. I mean, I would hop into a game of Risk of Rain at any point in time. At a moment I would. So, Risk of sure. Rain, yeah, but. So Risk of Rain is popular in our little group of friends, but I can't just go and grab a random yeah. Risk of Rain game easily. It's true, yeah. yeah. So it's like like Diablo, I could open up a public game and play with people. It's I, I'm waiting for it, like Something an indie like game with yeah. really interesting ideas to you know, to really just like crack the yeah. into the zeitgeist that you can always play it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's we'll we'll get there. I'm Come. looking at you, Witch Marsh, if you guys are listening to this angle, Nook. <laughs> um, yeah, the last thing, I, I don't want to talk about it too much. I, I did write a an impressions piece for the Crown of the Old Iron King DLC for Dark Souls 2. Um, again, I just kind of, because you guys are going through it still, um, it follows the sort of same formula as the Sunken King DLC uh, with three bosses, one main boss, two optional bosses, um, high-end, high-level content, very difficult. I thought this was was quite, yeah, like, compared, I mean, it's comparable to Sunken, the Sunken uh, Crown King DLC, but in terms of the main game, like, after playing through the DLC and then going back to main game, the main game is, is almost a joke. Um, the yeah. enemies are... The enemies are huge in this. There's lots of uh, NPC invaders, uh, lots of weird nooks and crannies, and just really diabolical environments. Like um, the NPC invader who runs away when he gets 50% health and leads you down a hallway that curses you? Yeah! Yes. Yep. That fucker! <laughs> uh, there's... M- <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. There's some great surprises once you make your way to the top of the tower, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the equipment from that is really really cool. Uh, you get some specific move sets from from some of the boss weapons, which I always enjoy. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth uh, your time and money. Again, the the way I sort of uh, either convince I'm not going to convince people who are on the fence because those people don't really really exist. You've either kind of 
finished Dark Souls or, or are in the midst of finishing Dark Souls and plan on finishing Dark Souls, those are the people who have bought this or already bought it and uh, or are going to buy it. Uh, and then the people who don't play Dark Souls or don't like Dark Souls. Like, I mean, there's no weird middle ground. I mean, if you enjoy Dark Souls, of course you should get this. It is it is awesome. Yeah. The one complaint I have, and it's something that, I mean, I haven't gone through too much of the first Dark Souls, but yeah. um, the one complaint I, that, I, that I've seen come up frequently just two as a whole, not just necessarily DLC, but Linearity. I, see it, I see it more in, in uh, that is the way that it just their solution to make it harder is to throw more enemies at you as opposed to making the enemies more difficult in some way. Yeah. So it's just you're all, you'll go down a sl- you know, you go down a ladder and there's five enemies that just pop up and that's difficult because you have five enemies and no way to kind of like pick them up one by one. It's not yeah. difficult in the fact that the enemies themselves are difficult because yeah, they go their down mechanics quick. Don't change or anything. Yeah. yeah. So, it's not like they go from, you know, purple foot soldier to red foot soldier to blue foot soldier to silver foot soldier, you know. Yeah. Um, There's really not good. much in Dark Souls 2 like uh, the Hydra approach in Dark Souls 1 where you you see there's a boss in the distance and there's a bunch of giants between you and the boss, but the boss is fighting you while you're fighting the other enemies. Like <laughs> yeah. there's, n- there's nothing like that in Dark Souls 2. And I actually, no. I forgot to put it down, I went back and started playing Demon Souls again. And I forgot how fucking hard that was compared to Dark oh. Souls. Holy shit, oh, De- that game is... Demon's Souls is, is, is crazy it's, compared it's to It's on that. another effing level, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, still awesome, but holy crap. Yeah, dude. Bloodborne, baby. It's gonna happen. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. the uh, Yeah, that's a good point. I, I mean, the there are... Yeah, like I said, just some of the areas in the Broom Tower, which is where this is set in, it's this large fiery mountain um yeah coolest environment like... that they've done so far for the game yeah it's it's cool i would say yeah. almost in both dark souls games mm-hmm. and, and again this uh I, after going back and reading the the did jason did you do the piece on the sunken king dlc I think so yeah yeah um we but jason and i split it oh you oh yeah that's right you co-opt it um it it feels the the dlcs feel more like original dark souls in terms of like going back and finding shortcuts and stuff instead of just like the linear bonfires um you can still teleport throughout them once you find the bonfires but uh, i found there's a couple more branching paths that you can take to go explore i mean albeit it's they're not very long paths but they kind of loop around and do some cool stuff so um, so that's enough Dark Souls. We've kind of met our quota by Nick, <laughs> Nick starting to fall asleep. So, um, let's go. Do you guys want to talk about Destiny or do you want to talk about the cloud saves? I want to talk about three quick news things, actually, that we. Okay. Just real quick. Okay. Uh, Give me a ro- lightning New Roller Coaster Tycoon announced with four player co op. So that should be pretty cool. Tycoon game should be fun. Yeah. Does um, it have Oculus Rift support? I don't know. Uh, a game that does have Oculus Rift support, though, is Star Citizen, and they uh, announced four-player co-op ships in the game. Which Not even pretty... a game yet. Yeah, and they're just going to port <laughs> Artemis into this at this at some point. So uh, yeah, so that's sounded pretty cool, and some of the stuff they're doing with that sounds awesome. Uh, and then finally, we we kind of missed it. We we touched on it, but Dragon Age Inquisition announced co-op for that, and yes. it's going to be kind of a I separate. We mentioned it last week. Did, did we? Did, because the date remember. on this is uh, tw- end of August, and we haven't now, podcasted since. Is, 
any details on that neck in terms of if it's a separate mode or it is a it is a separate mode um separate dungeons there's like 12 character classes oh cool um it, it looks pretty it looks pretty deep um and uh, I think there's a card aspect to it as well. If I remember Sold. Right. <laughs> but don't quote I'm me in. on that. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's looking pretty good. And that's out uh, November 18th. So uh, that's it. Just wanted to touch on those quick cool. things. I think they're pretty cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Nick, you did do a co-op fact for Destiny since uh, no, I don't think review copies didn't go out, right? Is that the, no. Was that the big kerfuffle? Uh, well, yeah, not a big most, kerfuffle, they, they but either got are, him like today or they, they ship yeah, today. I, I know and... people people whine about that stuff about, you know, and then of course Mike is like, ow, you made the sarcastic comment of um, they're not confident in the game, right? Like that's, everybody yeah. just screams yeah, at Yeah, everybody panic. Yeah, it's, oh no, Destiny! Like this thing they've been nurturing for five years, yeah. probably more. Um, well, you know, the thing is, they released both an alpha and a beta test and had tens of millions of people yeah. play it. Most people know whether they're going to buy Destiny or not at this point. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of a known quantity, I think. And, so and having I mean, a pre-release review is not necessarily as important. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, the thing I'll say before we get deep into this is, like, I am so hyped for Destiny after my short time with it. Even though, and, and I know it's not going to be like, it's not going to change the world. I think it's going to be a super fun, interesting game made by a really solid developer backed by production values that are through the roof. But I understand and know that it's not going to be like the second coming of Christ. So, um, sorry, yeah. Halo fanboys. So, so I just... can I tell you something about Destiny that I saw on the internet today? Yes, please. Someone, someone, I forget who, but someone said Destiny is basically a first-person shooter fantasy fantasy star online that's that great sounds, that sounds awesome. and and that's that like i literally like i had an eyeball start twitching <laughs> remembering remembering my college years eat a banana and going back, going you know just oh man fantasy star online was good yeah. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I hope you know, may, you know, I I see a little bit of it in the structure, the way the free roaming stuff works. But I'm hoping it's not just because hey, you got the little robot thing that follows you around. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're not just moon. being like, look, the ghost is a mag. No, <laughs> but, I mean that's I mean, that's kind of the structure it's set up with, though, where you go to the hub world, you get your mission, you go with people to the missions, and. You know, it, it's definitely similar to that. It does have the free roaming stuff that you can dynamically meet up for, but there's, you know, the the strike team stuff, which can be launched from the tower and some other stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's a lock, like you said, I put together a quick FAQ on it today just to kind of get some stuff down. You know, the big, big thing that we found out a while ago is, yeah, there's no couch co-op support, uh, which is a big deal to some folks, but... Uh, yeah. You know, and it's also not going to support land play because you have to be connected to uh, Bungie's. The internets. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to be on the internet because it is an internet game. Uh, but it is three-player co-op. There are three character classes, and uh, there's a bunch of subclasses in each character class that kind of specialize in. Um, you got your Hunter, your Titan, and your Warlock. So... Uh, what do you guys get? What, what 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 are you going to start with, Jason? What, what character class are you starting with? 
who's your who's your main guy gonna be or gal? Um, the first like in both the alpha and the beta, the first character that I always picked up was the hunter, but I really like the warlock. But see, here's the thing. I usually pick the hunter because I was like, well, who am I going to play with? Well, Mike, and he's always going to be the warlock because he like casting spells and shit. And the Titan class seems like the kind of class that you would play. So I was like, well, I'm going to fill out that third role then okay. and be the hunter. <laughs> so let, let's, let's, let's see. How predictable are we? Mike. I am going to roll warlock. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> because yeah. it was the one I liked out of the three I tried in the yep. beta. And I was going to roll Titan, so... Yep. You, you Bam! <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. But I, yes. Uh, I'm what gonna you going to do, Locke? I'm going to play a warlock. Because, <laughs> because your name's in the name. Space wizard. And I'm, and I'm, a, I'm a wizard, and I won't be a space wizard. <laughs> are you going to name it Merzeloth? Yes. Excellent. No, it's going to be Mercitron 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be XX Penis Lord 420. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the Guardian Warlock. You know, I just realized what I'm going to name my robot hunter. <laughs> Smoke Blunt. Smoke Blunt's 369. <laughs> nope. I'm going to do a little callback here for you, Mike. ZX29B. Yep, I knew, <laughs> oh, nice. I knew exactly where you were going with that. Um... So yeah, my bundle arrives tomorrow. Um, I was, I was going through not a, like a crisis, but like back and forth, be like, do I really need this game? I don't really need this. I got enough to play. But then I'm like, ah, I want to play PS4 and stream stuff to my Vita. It's like, oh, I really got excited for Destiny. Oh, it's just gonna be like Halo and Borderlands. So I had this weird back and forth, like you know, devil angel on my shoulder whispering in my ear, but I, I'm, you know, my Amazon confirmation came through today and I was like, okay, we're, it's going to happen. <laughs> my well, inaction has decided for me. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Presuming pretty much. it makes it through the snow, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if the moose carriage gets through, hopefully it comes in on time. So, um, so you, you, you mentioned something uh, I had read today and I think someone's working on the article right now, but the moose carriage, uh, no, 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 the, the Vita <laughs> streaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, they actually uh, detect and tweak the controls for the Vita. For, nice. For yeah, a lot of games, games actually do that. Yeah. So, because, well, like, Diablo, like, it works okay. Sort of. You know, but, but the, ba- the back, it depends on what your abilities are. If, if, the, if the R2 button is a ability you, you like to use quite often, which usually it's a, it's a, it's a heavier, longer recharge ability, it can be kind of annoying to try and do that back tap thing but uh yeah yeah child of light uh reconfigures the controls okay. uh completely for the for the vita as well and uh, seeing a game that de- i guess there's a, a pretty good framework for detecting remote play in place that allows developers oh, cool. to actually set those up easily if cool. they choose to um nice. but yeah it's yeah, it's uh, Destiny from bed. Diablo from the comfort of my own bed is already oh, amazing. So. Game over. I'm like, immediate sloth status. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, the game changer was when Nick's like, yeah, you just, I just tried bringing my Vita to work and remote played. I said, bullshit, you had to try. You had to do some kind of setup. He's like, no, man, I just turned my Vita on. And I said, I, I don't know if I believe you. I brought my Vita to work. I said, remote play. And it said, give me a minute. Yeah. And then Diablo started. It's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and now, like, and this now is I'm, this game over. And now I'm fun employed. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, me, 
major props to Sony on getting that to to be a, a oh. really good user experience because that that's some difficult stuff. You used to have to deal with oh, yeah. firewalls on both ends and port forwarding here and that. And, and any, any, anyone else remember ad hoc party? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, for the Vita for, or for, for the PSP. Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. So good. How major far we've there. come. Um, so we've got, uh, I have one question that I can't remember. I keep second guessing myself. PlayStation 4 exclusive content is raid stuff or just some extra missions? So I, I, I put that in the FAQ actually. Is that in the FAQ? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, there's several pieces. Uh, if there is. If only there was a place. Yeah. There's a strike mission. There's one strike mission. Answer my questions. One multi, one, one strike mission called Dust Palace, a multiplayer map called Dust Blue. There's three gear sets, one for each class, uh, two weapons, and three player ships. And those are all exclusive to the, the PlayStation versions. I'm mostly um, excited to play with my chip doll. Oh, those ships are so cool. I want, I really want to shoot them up with like that. I just give me the ships. Let me just shoot stuff. Do, yeah. do the ship. Let's yeah. play. Is Destiny there any kind of space, space combat in the game? Not, not yet. Not yet, but I... I because I, I know they did it in Halo Reach, and the yeah. ship that they have you flying around in the beta looks an awful like a awful a lot like the ship they had you flying in Halo Reach. Yeah. The, so I was like, part- oh, I wonder if I'm going to take this to outer space and shoot guys. That would be fun. It would be fun. But even I, I just like dressing a lot, just because yeah. that's, that's what you do. <laughs> that's pretty much why I like Diablo is to make my guy look cool. So there are some cool ship skins. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, not a lot of distinction between the classes other than their special ability, and, um, like, everyone can hold every weapon, is that correct? Yeah. 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 I think, uh, I think the big difference is actually their abilities, but I think the stats affect them differently. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's cool. I mean, there, there are specifically, like, abilities for, say, the Titan, where, he gets more armor or health compared to like what the hunter or the warlock could, but at the same time, then like eventually the hunter and warlock unlock stuff that actually increases their armor and health too. So you could have like a tanky uh, hunter or whatever. Yeah. So. I just wonder. My my big the big gap in in my knowledge for the game is actually, you know, if. Because you have like your you have like your grenade power, then you have your ultimate, but then there's no other slots on the controller to use abilities. But you can you can multi-class, uh, or you can take like your warlock and make it a instead of a void warlock, you could be like the sun warlock or whatever. And whether that yeah something whether that actually adds extra effects. Uh, like mm-hmm. how how much of the abil- how many of the abilities in the game are passive versus active i guess right um, and building a character you know how unique will you actually be because there's not like you don't put like a bunch of points into a build right you just unlock you just keep unlocking things linearly and the the beta didn't let you progress far enough to see if there was any like choice yeah. in that so i'm I'm curious about that because I like obsessing over character builds in power players like that. through diversified roles. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? How does that work? Um, how do I game? How do you game, please? Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, that Google Maps Street View that they put out, which was an interesting um, little, just nice little add add on extra. They actually had a bunch of narrated 
um, pieces where you would go down to Mars and see, you know, you'd look over and it was using the, obviously the Google map street view um, platform. And you'd walk up to this base and it'd narrate through you like, Oh, these guys are an aggressive species that live here in the sand plains, blah, blah, blah. And then you'd walk over and see something else. And it was this like virtual tour. It was awesome. I love that. I love when, uh, companies integrate technology like that and use existing platforms to, to do something, you know, something cool, uh, rather than just buy another friggin' Twitch ad. So, <laughs> man, if I have to listen to another Microsoft ad about the Xbox from Sylvester Stallone, I'm gonna seriously. <laughs> you win. Uh, well, I hope I hope this Amazon partnership gives them some sort of more room for advertising because, like. I don't mind a, a 30 second ad on when, when I'm watching Twitch, but like the same thing over yeah. and over and over yeah. sucks. Anyways, that was a tangent. Sorry. That's, that's quite a quote to pick too for your ad. I mean, of all the quotes that you could have gone for remake Rocky or whatever it was, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Into a bunch of Xbox one games. Um, everyone here is getting it on PS4, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and um, other than that, I think I think we've 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 beat Destiny. So it's, we've done it. Done. It's put done. It, put yeah. it back on the yeah. shelf. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Destiny, of course, that's going to dominate our next our next week. We're going to have streams up for it. We're going to have a review. I think Mike is on that. Yeah, Mike's on that. So. Um, and sure. then, we will all contribute to it in yeah. some fashion. Get your hate um, mail ready right now. <laughs> yeah, if it's not a five, Mike. I'm just gonna block. I'm just gonna block Justin from my Gmail. I think I, I'm probably good. <laughs> That's probably a fair assumption. So it's okay. Um, let's move on because Destiny is scary, and clashing with destiny is this voicemail i was blown away by the the last two minutes of this voicemail <laughs> um uh i don't it sounded actually like a, a number station i i don't have the capabilities to play it for you on air but uh in summary um it was a guy from philly what was yeah, his name? Roy. roy was it roy again okay roy, boy, roy giving us uh some knowledge bombs asking uh, i'm distilling the question down into something um tangible here but uh is offloading stuff game game files saves that sort of thing to the cloud good for your games and specifically he's looking at you know the xbox one which does this supposedly for more games although there's only one that does it right now well i mean there's a couple but there's there's only been one Good example that, I've seen of where it, uh, where the devs actually said specifically, yeah. "This is what we do." Yeah, they basically so basically Titanfall is the example, um, and they said that you know all the little AI guys that are running around in the game and stuff like that, their their routines and things that they do, they process those on the on the cloud servers. They don't they don't bother to do those locally um, to save cycles and everything else. Um, you know, and it was a big thing that was talked about before the Xbox one launch, whether the cloud processing could, uh, you know, make the games better and I, I or look better, run fast. I, I mean, I don't even want to guess what the marketing speak was 
because I didn't pay attention to it. But I mean, the reality of it is like you won't see higher resolution because of it because it's the, the pipeline there isn't fast enough. Yeah, you know, the speed in which a image is rendered from you know your graphics card in your computer or console to the time it gets to the TV needs to be like milliseconds. Uh, yeah, you know, it can't have to go out somewhere 2,000 miles away and then travel 2,000 miles back yeah. through you know x number of routers uh and, and, and do that without any lag uh from, from your controller so it would have to be things that are done in the background um what it could do is you know you know offload so like we we live in the age where the graphics technology is powerful enough we could have a lot of enemies on screen you know say previous gen just for example previous generation you might have 10 guys and now you might have a hundred, or just to illustrate the point. And calculating the AI for a lot of enemies like that eats up CPU cycles that could be spent on other things, other more important things. So, like, say there's a giant boss monster that you are fighting, but he also has a hundred little dudes with him. They could potentially make the swarm controlled by the cloud, so that the system can have more complex AI on the boss. Um... So it's not going to give you a better frame rate, but it might let the developers do something a little trickier than they would yeah. have normally. Yeah, the, the problem is that, the, you know, the voicemail specifically talked about, you know, Xbox One versus PS4 in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, frame rate and, and resolution and stuff like that. When you have a cross-platform game, you can't do cool little triggery things like that because the cloud or whatever isn't always going to be there for you to utilize for... Uh, you know your algorithms and everything else so it gets thrown out of the equation and you don't get those cpu cycles back to make it better yeah i think i think there's something that uh kind of what mike was talking about it'll be interesting to see what some developers do with it down the line like i could definitely see how you could have like a quick kind of content patch for ai downloaded to the machine when it contacts the server and so it makes it a little bit more dynamic and as the game's running it kind of goes back and forth to make it feel more dynamic than it is every single time you play that level but again it's something that developers have to do with it i mean like they've got this tech and i don't think anyone really necessarily has an idea of how to integrate it yeah forza did it with the the drive guitar stuff um you know i processed all that stuff offline didn't keep it there on your on your box and so it would download your friends things and upload yours there and do whatever it needed to do to make those and uh you know that was that and it was cool and stuff like that but yeah i I think it's one of those things that you're not going to and really it's supposed to be you're not going to know it's doing it because yeah it's just going to do it so so to answer your question no i don't think it's going to level the playing field at all i think if the right first party game came came around uh it could potentially do some really cool things some outside of the box kind of stuff i wonder if maybe they'll open up to the id at xbox guys or id at xbox guys uh you know for the indie stuff and uh maybe do maybe those guys might come up with something unique there yeah it's one of those and, things and since the the issue actually the email or email the voicemail specifically addressed resolution gate uh i am of the opinion that graphics on consoles right now are reaching a point where they are 
the baseline is really good regardless of whether one's at 1080p or, or 720p. And if you've got your TV set up properly, unless you're an absolute lunatic, um, you shouldn't really notice too much of a difference. And people that say they can tell the difference between 1080p and 720p are largely looking at like text size because the text might be like text on screen might be a little larger on the 720p, but the actual game graphics look pretty much identical. And the thing is, it's not even that big of a difference. In most cases, it's 1080p versus like 900p, or it's like, you know, they they do like the the half frame rendering tricks with, it's just, unless you're sitting like three feet from a 55 inch television or you're gaming on a projector, like nonstop, like there's no way you're, you're seeing the differences. I care about frame rate first and yeah. and image quality second. If 720p gives me 60 frames a second, then so be it. I'd rather my game not screw me over by hitching all the time uh, than you know running at a higher resolution. And for those of you who really give that much of a shit about everything, get yourself a P- gaming PC and a 30 yeah. inch monitor. Uh, 30 like you can game at 4K on a PC right now. Like quibbling over 1080p versus 720p is like irrelevant to the the point of absurdity to me. Yeah, like Dead Rising 3, it it looks better on the PC or you know on the port of it. The resolution I I can run it at 2560 by 1440, which is 1440p. And and, and of course the argument is like, well, if I'm going to spend four hundred dollars for good graphics, then one of these is going to be better than the other. But if yeah. you're the kind of person whose life depends on <laughs> frame rate and graphics quality then you should probably not be a console gamer word polygon that's right dot com um let's leave it at that gentlemen you guys are way smarter than video games so let's shut her down (laughs) (laughs) Um, i don't know if i'm smarter than video games but no well you are um remember if you want to have contributed to the show just like roy from philadelphia thank you roy leave us a voicemail please at 646-926-6748 and uh yeah send that our way because we like talking about that stuff and it injects some life into the show that might not come from this this round table you know gets an outside perspective or you know asks a question we may miss um other than that of course we love having feedback on itunes follow us on the social media twitter is probably your best bet to get all the updates at cooptimus without the dash and uh we still um we got those new shirts in on uh the new store t public uh mm-hmm. we got uh, gray cyan slash bluish and and red new uh cooptimus shirts they're super slick go grab one of those uh a lot of great great uh sales happening all the time over at t public so you can check that that out and um mike do you have a cheat code for us well i don't have a cheat code we actually talked about yeah show and tell we're doing show and tell and i thought jason pointed this out when he came over but i thought i'd show off you start us off my my tome this is the guide to classic graphic adventures if you're familiar with the site hardcore gaming 101 yes uh with Kurt Collada and all of his friends, they write a lot about obscure classic video games and uh, some modern stuff and some indies, but he has had a 
he's obviously a big lover of classic adventure games and I grew up playing LucasArts and Sierra games and all those and I know Jason did too and they actually compiled a book of something like th- it's a write-up slash review of 300 classic adventure awesome. games awesome. dating from the early 80s all the way till you know you know, coming up on the, I think the Walking Dead might even be in here, oh, but cool. it is, it's a tome, and it's you know they 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 self-publish, so it's not going to have the best typesetting. But they're like, if you want to learn some shit about all old adventure games, you know these were one of my first co-op experiences. We'd hot seat co-op adventure games all the time. So this is this is what I recommend. I think everyone should give it a good read, or at least check the site out, uh, HardcoreGaming101.net. It's my Aside from Co-Optimist, it's my favorite gaming site on the internet. So, cool. That's it. Thanks, Thank Commander you. Shepard. Thank you for your uh, wonderful endorsement. <laughs> um, all right, so that's the show. Again, my name is Locke Vincent, joined by the rest of the Co-Optonauts, Jason, Nick, and Mike, signing off for another lovely evening. We'll, uh, we'll catch you on the flip side of the galaxy once we get over there in our ships in Destiny. Streets. Sure.